Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining me and I'm so excited to be here for you. And I'm so... Sh- <laughs> I can't do it, guys. <laughs> I can't. Do you feel there's more and more of that tone you're hearing? Uh, do you feel there's more of that tone you hear across things that you consume from entertainment? And, and before you think, I'm not, I'm not making fun of any group. This is just the tone. It's across groups, across gender. It's across everything. It's just this sense of let's sound more positive. Let's sound more happy in life. Eh, fuck off. But um, it's, I don't know, some people can do it and it sounds authentic. Some people can do it and it sounds shit. Uh, annoying as fuck as uh, some professional mental health experts put it. It sounds weird as fuck. So, Clap. There comes a clap. That's also annoying. Hey, welcome back to another episode, my friend. I think uh, it's um, great to have you. That's other extreme, right? My thing. Hey, by the way, for <laughs> I, um, I don't know what to make of this time. It's kind of like a weird thing going on everywhere. It's like a bunch of things... It's almost like every weekend on Monday when you wake up, you're like, oh, nothing crazy has happened. In fact, nah, it's oh, what, five shootings, that's it, or four beheadings. Like, it's fucking crazy how we become numb and we become okay with it. There's a little bit of uproar, there's everyone yelling, and then it's just like the next thing. It's like es- escalation to wow me more, shock me more. Um, what, just just two wars broke out? Yeah, three chemical weapons were deployed. That's it? Oh, that's it, 5,000 civilians were killed or 80,000 So. Yeah. Where do you think this is going to end? I want to know from you right now. Uh, it's one of those things, right? Guys, uh, please do like, comment, subscribe, and drop a, drop, a, whatever, drop a comment on what you think. Interact with me. Fuck, you don't have to do all that, man. You know me. As long as uh, you're there right now. No, I don't go anywhere. Nah. Do you, do you subscribe? Or I hope you subscribe to this because that'll be a bit of a bummer in the process of kind of ridiculing what people do just not have you do what you should do it's your birthright it's your obligation to subscribe to me right now nah it's not your obligation you can do what the fuck you want but uh mm-mm. i had something no i didn't have anything i was more uh, just sort of caught up in the flow of that introduction that i didn't really know what i was going to follow with but uh yeah, man. You know, at some point, I, I, I feel there's this sense of what the fuck is going on? Uh, am I? Should I be doing more? Should I be getting back actively into stand-up? Should I be doing more active joke writing sessions? Or should I be going for more open mics? And should I be doing stuff to get back? But then the other part of me is like, dude, it's only been... Uh, it's, it's There's no real rush. Because I feel with anything, whether it's you or me... Uh, I don't know you well, but I know myself relatively better than I know you, uh, or relatively better than you know me. Or maybe you know me better than I know myself. Oh, how crazy is that? That sometimes you need to sort of not desperately hold on to something because that was the best way you knew what that was at that point in time. Did that make any sense at all, that sentence? Basically, uh, don't ever say basically and make the sentence complex as fuck, Sandeep. That's true. Good point. Well observed. I take it. So, 
with context of what I'm talking about, and when I was did my show in 2020, it was like, oh, you know, I recorded a special and it was uh, a good show. And then it's almost in my head, that's where it left off. And yeah, I've done a few shows since, but it's almost like, oh, I need to get back to that way of doing stand-up, go hit four nights a week, get some jokes, get this. But then you're like, no, that was good, or maybe bad at that point in time, but you've grown as a person. And if anything, as an artist, that art form should reflect on who you are at as that person at this point in time not back then or not in the future because when you try to doing something that you're not ready for you sound shit you do something that you've outgrown you sound shit so that's something you have to remind yourself which i think is hard but it's a very important reminder instead of just saying oh um, trim my pubes on november 4th instead of that kind of reminder this thing is a more important i don't know who the hell sets a reminder for trim pubes <laughs> like how do you know that it's going to have that much growth by november 4th uh that rhymed oh god this is scary spookily scary that fourth and growth rhyme like crazy shit bro but yeah if you're the person who sets a reminder for hair growth you must be quite uh, in control of your bodily functions but this is something that you should remind yourself, whether it's work, whether it's uh, whether you're a worker bee who goes to work and it's some skills you pick up over there, or whether you're a financial person who invests in crypto or dipto and nipto. Um, uh, yeah. Or you're someone like a musician or an artist or someone. I think you just have to, I don't know if let go is the word, but don't have to hold on. More than letting go, I think don't hold on. Yeah. Unless you're a mountain climber. And in that case, fucking hold on. <laughs> in any case, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast when you're up there. That's uh, not a random stranger making noises through his mouth. That was me simulating wind speeds that go past a mountaineer's ears when they're on a cliff face. The Sobira show made for mountaineers. But yeah, Mountain climbers. Yeah. So, hold on or don't hold on as tightly as you want. So, that's, yeah, who would have thought? But uh, I think I'm ready to start enjoying. And I think sometimes, yeah, it, it's, it's, such an, it's such a weird thing that you kind of hold on so much that you forget to live. You forget to experience. You forget to enjoy. You forget to immerse yourself in whatever you're doing, whether whatever it may be doing, right? Just, uh, I, I'm not trying to give you any philosophy that I live by, but it's just something that I kind of experience on a daily basis. And I thought I might as well, may as well share it with you, my flock. <laughs> this is the point in which I lost half the Christians. Like, he's not, he's not a shepherd. Ah, true shepherd is not. And I don't know why they all sound like they go to theater lessons. But, uh, yeah, with anything, when you do it well, especially when you do it well, you want to hold on to it, right? Like, oh, I played that song, I played that riff, I played whatever so well, I played that game, I played the last time, it was so good. Uh, but treat something you do well with the same approach that you treat when you do something badly. Yeah, see, exactly. My God, Sadi Brow, you provide us with the Soapy Rao Show Insights. The Soapy Rao Show Insights, brought to you by... I have no sponsor. That's usually where the plug comes in. But yeah, how cool is that approach, right? Treat something you do well the same way you treat something when you do it badly. That way, you don't have to put the pressure of doing it well. But at the same time, you want to do it better than you did. Ah, 
How cool is that? Yeah, for instance, if you like spanking yourself, you did it really badly. So what are you going to do the next time? You're going to spank yourself with more dedication. You're going to spank yourself with more uh, commitment, with more gumption. Gumption? Gumption. 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 <laughs> with more gumption. So do that. Because if you do something well, and then you're like, I do it well, and you go back with that kind of sense of that air of overconfidence, and you're like, I can do it well. And then you're not going to spank yourself so well. So... I think with anything, maybe spanking yourself was not a right example because yeah, there's no right or wrong way of spanking oneself. But when you do something uh, badly, you kind of think about it. You think about why it didn't go um, as well. It didn't uh, turn out as promised or it didn't turn out with the results that you, um, that you um, desired. So you give it a little more thought. You give it a little bit more patience with that. And I think that's a good thing. And that's a really good approach. Yeah. I'm fucking so wise. It's crazy. It scares me sometimes. <laughs> take me like a martini. Oh, take me like a margarita with a pinch of salt, baby. I'm just... Uh, yeah. I'm just immersing myself in these ideas. Let me know what you think. I think it's a good thing because sometimes I have a really good session on the range, uh, not the archery range. That's something I tend to not focus too much on. Yeah, blind golfer for now, or visually impaired golfer for now. I wouldn't really go down the path. Visually impaired archer. <laughs> How fucking scary would that be, right? Oh, yeah. But I was on the range, and the days I have like some nice... Uh, a, 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 more good shots than bad. And as a lot of people will tell you when, they, when you play golf, it's like not about the good shot, it's, but it's about improving your bad shots, right? I think that's a nice way of looking at life as well. It's not about do, playing life well, it's about improving the times when life is not going as well. Or rather, not more than improving, it's like trying to balance out how those bad times go. Because be rest assured, there will be bad times. There will be some worse times. There will be also some good times. But it's not about just holding on, holding on like that mountaineer to the good times. It's about also letting go, about letting go of the bad times. It's about, um, you know, let things go through you like diarrhea. <laughs> but yeah, man, honestly speaking, I think it's a couple of good things in here. What authentication, bastard? Sorry, my computer asked authentication. You don't fucking think I'm Sandeep Rao, baby? Um, so yeah, let things go through you. Uh, like the runs. Don't hold on too tight to the good things and let go of the bad things. That's my little uh, extremely important insight. I mean, if you're not listening to this podcast, you're missing out, my friend. So anyhow, I'm just joking. I'm not going to preach. But there's something that helps me. Uh, I like helping myself and if it helps myself I like to help you I like to share the love so if it helps you I'm glad and do um, learn how to spank yourself anyhow on today's episode my friend I've got Mr. Adithya Ayer who is well he does a bunch of things he had a TED talk which went viral a few years back he wrote a book called The Great Indian Obsession basically about engineers and how every Indian, most Indians, one Indian, quite a few Indians are get the engineering degree. And that book also did really well. Um, he's got a new book coming out called How I Met God and Got Into Crypto. He's an author, as you might have 
summarized, if you're extremely intuitive. He's a speaker. He's also, well, I would say an expert, or he knows a lot about crypto. And he's a very fun person to chat with. And I did what that basically involves. I chatted with him. How else? How, how else? How else? How else would I know that he's fun to chat with? He's uh, on the other side of this little musical interlude. Uh, yeah, you uh, will really enjoy this conversation. We talk about all sorts of things like life and how his life took him where he never thought it would from a, an extremely disciplined family, a mother who put um, a lot of emphasis on academics and coming first in class to being disillusioned with the education system and the whole approach to learning to spiraling out of control in some sense and having a extremely wild ride to finding the path to spirituality to a whole lot more. You'll enjoy this conversation with Mr. Aditya Ayer. I certainly did. And Aditya, if you're listening, thank you very much, my friend, for agreeing to do this episode on the Sophie Rao Show. And to you, you little devil, <laughs> I really appreciate you, as always, tuning in every week to this most mind-blowing show, that is the Soapy Rao Show. So thank you, as always. Do share the episode with someone you think or someone you know will like. Is that the right sentence? Yeah, everything's right. Anyway, it's right enough. So, yes, as always, thank you. Appreciate it. Till next week. Goodbye. God bless. Take care of yourselves. Catch you on the other side. Cheers. Mr. Aditya Ayer, welcome to the Sopi Rao Show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Sandeep, for having, having me. What an absolute pleasure. It's, um, well, it's, it's really interesting to find someone in today's day and age who's spreading a message of, I don't know if I know the message entirely because we just met, but I, I like what you're, you're saying, your book you've written about the obsession that we have with engineers. But... Um, I think before we get into that, I want to know where you are, um, I mean, physically, but more importantly, how what you've studied or what you have been influenced by in your family has uh, shaped you into and what your thought process uh, is as a result. Great. So, 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 so actually, uh, I don't know how much you know about my second book, Sandeep. So I think a lot of what is there in the public sphere about me Mm -hmm. It's pretty much until 2016 when when the first book happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the book happened, and then of course that led to a TEDx talk that went viral. Um, right. So the book is the first book was called The Great Indian Obsession, right? The Great Indian Obsession. That's right. right. That's right. Okay. That yeah. Okay. So you have a new one out now. Okay. So so yeah. I mean, for those who are, who are kind of you know uh, uh, listening in for the first time about my story. I wrote this book called The Great Indian Obsession. It's it's about what I, I call is India's fifth biggest religion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, biggest uh, <clears throat> engineering. Um, so uh, a quick background, I, I spent my initial years of growing in Saudi Arabia and then my parents uh -huh. passed back to Bombay, my hometown. And okay. there in my school, I, I, like I say, I, I did two big mistakes. So the first mistake was I'm good at studies. Mm -hmm. and is uh Sandeep you'd know this you're in like Silicon Valley of India so a lot of lot of kids in the city end up making the same the second mistake is that I was good at math 
and i think good at math not 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 like the the you know the mathematical genius sort of a prodigy but mm. i mean i knew score marks let's just put it that way you were academically just, really proficient in getting the grades right I, right I, academically i see it's it's about scoring marks yeah and yeah see, absolutely my mother was a hitler figure a quick background is my mother's uh, family they um, they are very affluent right my my grandfather worked in the usis library and then okay. something happened he, he lost his job literally just one fine day he lost his job uh. you won't the trauma was so bad that his his father actually died of a stroke when he got that news oh my god so, okay that's yeah, yeah. my grandfather had four daughters right um, mother being one of them and uh, so that so basically just overnight you know they they fell from affluence to to imagine being in like a staying in a high profile locality in bombay and then literally like next week you are in a chal uh, right i think what yeah. happened the, the, then again the rags to riches what turned around the fortune of my family of my mother's family mm. my grandfather didn't recover by my grandfather unfortunately he couldn't recover from the shock of it so pretty yeah. much rest of life he couldn't work Now, this is one of those uh, uh, whatever you know feminism stories uh, yeah uh, but literally my grandmother because she was she studied so she yeah. started teaching in the neighborhood mm-hmm. so that's how tuition pada pada ki you know that's how she uh, the entire family kind of goes back into uh, into into uh, prominence right and, right uh, the entire family owes their fortunes to education and they were all these four daughters also ended up becoming teachers okay. uh, very well known teachers in the locality right because right. they were uh, they my mother had the reputation of being a hitler she okay. extremely strict when it came okay. to her students damn like my mother had the license she right. was the only woman with the license to do anything with the the kids the parents gave her like outright license so like she was your, not just a kid, tuition teacher but she could even discipline them she could even like mentor yeah. them she could parent so, them yeah yeah so because she, my mother had earned a reputation of being like this you know district disciplinarian who who kind of uh, literally took charge of of their kids academic performance and otherwise mm-hmm. also right so my mother so if imagine if she was like that with her tuition kids when her yeah. son actually imagine you can imagine how how she had really like, high expectations yeah 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 definitely and uh, see in my case what happened was i was extremely i was extremely mischievous mm. i my this was clear that i just wanted to have fun when yeah. i go have fun there is not any place uh, every college that i have been to every tuition classes i have been to i have been suspended i have been reprimanded i am that kind of a guy everywhere i go i'm infamous and you know yeah. in fact there is one incident i want to share um me you know we there was this physics class that was going on and my childhood friend we were both sitting and i was pretty much bored and i was you know doing typical back bencher uh, and my my childhood friend is like this very nice guy he started mm. maybe he started abusing at the age of 25 you can imagine oh, God. oh no abusing okay one of okay <laughs> right yeah But, uh, the problem is that he is my best friend yeah that is his problem he can't <laughs> so this i am doing my regular back bencher stuff mischief and and the teacher actually reprimands him and oh, you have to decide that this entire class is shocked this guy who is like an absolute you know, nice guy the entire class knows who is creating mischief yeah and is going at this guy and everyone surprised and this guy also says ma'am but why why me it is you know adi 
so then the teacher goes like uh, we all know that he uh, we all know aditya is a gone case <laughs> and we can't do anything about him right it's your, it's your fault that you're sitting next to him oh. so i was that kind of a figure like uh, but i think one thing i figured out was that i had cracked this code in life i figured out if i have to do what i want to do i yeah. have to keep myself happy there was no way i mean i knew that if i have to do whatever i have to do, if i have to have fun if i have to have mischief it's very important that i keep my mother happy and right, to keep my right. mother happy very simple i knew what she wanted she wanted me to score marks and so i don't I, think this is just your mother i think this is pretty much every uh, for the most part i don't want to generalize but a lot of indian parents want that i mean i i think that's something which is really important you just highlighted i think to look past academia and high marks it's very difficult for them but you could be a gem of a person who's bad student that doesn't work but as you said i think you hit the nail on the head you need to if you ace it in your marks i think everything else is forgiven totally <laughs> i mean uh, uh, very simple right so just score marks and my case it was obsessive my mother basically i tell you one incident mm-hmm. uh, what happened i basically every exam in my school i have appeared twice once has to do it in the exam hall second i have to come home and have to tell my mother my response entire answer i have to take her through it and right. then she will then she will mark her uh, whatever she thinks i deserve the marks against each question wow okay then, that's intense dude and that then she would keep that preserve that question paper and during open houses she would take that question paper to check if the marks that the teacher has given matches with the marks that she has assigned to me <laughs> go and fight with the teacher you know that's that's you know. crazy okay <laughs> my in my school everyone my mother had a reputation like even before my mother comes they know that she's going to haggle for marks you know so it was that i remember and all this is in bombay was in bombay 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 yeah right I, I, this is holy family high school in bombay right so right okay i uh, i uh, so one day i'll tell you what happened um, one day i was obviously i come back from my exam all good i'm taking her through my responses we reach the end of the question paper and i'm like done i'm happy yeah because happy with my responses then what happens is we turn the paper back and there is one question like a 10 mark question that i had absolutely missed i didn't notice that question only and this is like major major this right uh, Ten, cannot afford to 10 uh, marks is like a lifetime <laughs> she fights like for every mark yeah so 10 is crazy yeah 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 like uh, crime no it's like crime uh, uh, should be imprisoned and then uh, uh and then of course all of those you know my rank and all those things how uh, but you won't believe this i still don't know what transpired there was she made sure the teacher called me to her place and secretly i got to write that answer behind the doors <laughs> i still don't know how she managed to do that I But I want to understand. I, I mean, this sounds. Of course, I'm sure everyone right now, a lot of people listening right now, can resonate in on some level with what you're saying. But you know, you have this nature as a person, as a as a kid, maybe as an adolescent, uh, to to kind of do this, right? Get up to some, get up to mischief, as you said, or uh, you know, fool around and just sort of live life and have a, have a good time. And then the other side, you kind of have this. thing and you figure out as you said figure out how to make your mom happy keep her happy with this but it's it's a very high contrast in your personality right like in the sense you have this 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 discipline the, the, not a different discipline but you have this high standard 
to live up to yet you have this other side so did you do you think that you you had this thing as an as a result of such a strict environment so did you feel that you have to go to the other extreme to kind of let let loose because otherwise it was too claustrophobic no actually see uh, it i uh, see one thing you need to understand everything is very contextual it's one thing to say that you know beating kids and all of that honestly. yeah of course yeah but i uh, and which is like more like the western uh, uh, this right how can you beat kids and is that the solution yeah i mean everything exists as you said in 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 its environment in that situation yeah yeah, yeah. the thing is see would i beat my child probably not if at yeah. all i have child, if i would i wouldn't but yeah. trust given the the era that we grew up in yeah. right and more contextually the kind of guy that i was if my mother didn't beat the shit out of me i wouldn't be uh, you know where i am today yeah uh, i think it definitely all of that happened because she was such a strict disciplinarian and mm. uh, uh, so i think in my case i can say i'm not going to generalize it but actually in my case i can see that the beating is totally justified and uh, uh, of course i mean i didn't fall fallen because for a guy who is like me it's very easy to fall into either uh, end of the spectrum right yeah if i didn't yeah. if things didn't go right if i didn't have the right company and all of that because i go all in uh, i mean as yeah. you talk more into my 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 journey you'll figure out that uh, i like to go all in you know yeah. so No, you sound a lot like in some way. I mean, not. I, I think definitely I can't compare uh, my academic uh, prowess or achievements. I was not a good student in the sense, I, I, I didn't have the pressure because also because of my eye condition. I think people are like, yeah, if he can, if he can manage, it's not bad. It's like that's that's the kind of um, standard people put on me, and I think a lot of people with disabilities as well. Oh, not bad. He got out of bed, you know. But I, I think the idea of going all in, like especially for the. um the things that people don't encourage like the habits that are not good i go all in so i can re- i can relate to you on that level but i you were saying how um you you managed to find the right path because of the discipline you received but how how did you kind of how 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 was your sort of perspective on the world shaped by this uh by by your family because I mean, of course there's so many things that go into it not just your you know not just your discipline and your studying but other things as well okay so i'll i'll tell you actually um, <clears throat> a, a quick uh, because most people don't know what happened after the first book uh, yeah. so there's a quick story of what transpired so what basically happened is i was in a uh, i was in a strange situation right uh, my tiktok went viral yeah. and at that point of my life i used to drink every day there was yeah. a three my life pretty much 3 years i drank every day of my life mm-hmm. i used to smoke heavily as well uh-huh. um so after the first book came out and even around the time the tedx this is what the lifestyle i was living in fact tedx right. talk also the back story there was uh, i had no intention it is that i had this affair with a girl who happened to read my book she happened uh-huh. to be like tedx uh, uh, connected with the tedx organizing committee and all of that right so she right. literally giving the talk literally that which was happened. that which was the ted talk i mean which city was it in or which university college bombay right next to sharukh khan's in, in the college which is right next to sharukh's uh, bungalow a band so ah. beautiful it's called father agnal um, that's where that's where um, that's where your tedx was okay now i mean i want to i know sorry and you and how old were you at this point when you gave this ted tedx talk uh tedx happened in 2016 so right. 
27 i was 27 by then i was 27 when the tedx talk happened okay TEDx, no. right yeah. no so the you TEDx said yeah. you you basically gave this tedx talk in 2016 and that experience for you you went so you, yeah you, you said your lifestyle was in that state right okay was in that stage uh, so i wasn't even interested in the tedx talk i was just drinking and smoking away my life mm. uh, pretty much but i think what happened at that point is the tedx talk went viral and right. then suddenly all these i was being invited all over suddenly mm. all these kids are writing mails to me and i'm going to these colleges and my talks were all stand up you know they're like stand up acts i'm just there to have fun yeah uh, no gyan and all those uh, there was no gyan and all those things i'm just because what gyan can a person who you know drinking every day of his life and smoke you know give to these kids yeah you'd be surprised quite a lot <laughs> i thought no this is i am in a very i mean i was a little intimidated by the situation life put me in right because i myself was hadn't figured out life and i'm put in a situation and at that point i remember i used to see like how are these guys who do it so confidently like do have they really cracked it do they know you know have they cracked life how are they able to i can't i i just couldn't get myself to go out there and you know what do i tell this kid who wants to commit suicide is right now right into me or this guy who's looking for some sort of career so yeah at that time uh, my my seeking to know grew intense and that's something that has always remained with me i'm genuinely curious i want to know yeah uh, so i wanted answers and honestly at that point i had a whole lot range of questions and i desperately wanted answers the questions were as uh, you know they were as uh, simple as are we part of some eighth graders college project is this world just a simulation project that yeah. an eighth grader has to submit in his school right mm. and after submission this will all end how can we say how do we know for sure that this entire world, our god is basically not an eighth grader school going boy or a girl yeah no right can we say that this is not a computer program of an eighth grader don't know we I'm don't like, know yeah will, yeah i'm like will i ever get answers to these questions yeah and uh, then life took a drastic turn i one thing led to another uh, i'm right this is all part of my second book i ended up in a monastery for 3 years um oh, okay. and after the monastery i came out in, of the monastery in india yeah this was southern india i don't know if you heard of sadguru uh, yes of course I, in coimbatore yeah i was in sadguru's ashram for 3 years i used to have the isha foundation right right yeah okay and uh, then i moved out of the ashram uh, which was okay. also like a big surprise move because uh, the uh, i was headed in a certain Sorry. direction so one second i uh, just just to you know take a few uh, steps back so you went to the isha foundation because you kind of your life spiraled out of control like your these these combination of lifestyle and the emotional roller coaster and also these questions you're having or what what, what was the reason to join because um, 3 years is i mean of course in people seeking the the, the path of spirituality it could be even 40 years 50 years it doesn't matter time but spending 3 years at at what at the age of 27 28 it's quite a quite a quite a big leap so how was that uh, decision taken and how was that experience see a uh, very good question sandeep uh, <clears throat> so what happened basically was that i had some findings from my first book which also kind of added to my lifestyle then and the depression because i realized that uh, all of us all of us who have gone through formal schooling yeah. have been have been have betrayed been betrayed have okay big done betrayed big time You know, mm. anyone who goes through formal schooling for around 5 to 6 years school kills 70% of their 
in inherent intelligence mm-hmm. 70% and i'm like we don't even know if we so sorry you say t- kill intelligence as in it makes them conform to an idea that someone else is prescribing yes it rewires your brain right it rewires your brain totally to the point that 70% of your genius is just gone it's unutilized right? or it's it's just discarded it's it's un you see your brain no longer can think in that direction okay so it's almost it. like it's not just it's not just keeping it but it's also it's not just keeping it unused but it's killing it totally absolutely okay. that's crazy and because and it takes a lot of effort it's not that it cannot be under it takes a lot of effort which until mm-hmm. at that point see uh, and i was very disillusioned i said my god like i'm like uh, this is crazy you know uh the entire humanity this has been tricked by this small little thing that no one even knows of uh, and sorry this education specific to india our education or around the world across over across the world india of course okay. it it's much more magnified the issue yeah uh, but across the world the traditional schooling system is more than you know like around 5 centuries old and it was designed yeah. in a certain way it was designed to create donkeys uh the empire wanted donkeys basically and it did a good job So, so I want to understand okay I I know you have more to say about this and how uh the education system kills a lot of things and I want to get to back to the ashram and what determined that but can you just quickly just maybe if you want to take it up later we can why are we so obsessed then by people who are successful in this space whether it's high ranking um people who give get high ranks in exams or people who are high scorers through their entire schooling why are we still stuck if many of us know that this is a system of education that is taking away a child's intelligence and creativity why are we still not realizing that we shouldn't reward it the traditional if you look at historically uh <clears throat> from from being hunter and gatherers so back in the day who 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 had see we are eventually we are all social animals right so hierarchy social hierarchy and these things matter right yeah. where you start yeah. things that it's 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 a it's it, it's inherent it's an evolutionary trait that we have uh, we have developed so back in the day it would be established by uh, uh, how brawny you are how yeah. physically dominating you are because that was the skill that got you through the world yeah right? uh but then of course now we are more in a mental space yeah right? so people who are uh mentally kind of you know uh mentally so to say superior yeah. are are higher uh, societal uh, status uh, and people mm-hmm. higher up in the hierarchy but clearly that mental the the standard that they have determined through education or the old edu- or the, the established yeah. education system is not a clear indicator of intelligence it's just some perceived sense of intelligence right that's right, uh, right. but that's how it was for very long and that's mm. the only way i think with the advent of internet a lot of things have changed and more so mm. over i would say the last half a decade with a tremendous change yeah so no longer i don't think that obsession is as much there as it used to be even when i written the first book no i'm not even talking about our parents generation even, even since the time i wrote the first book it's changed so now so you have five years, right right you see the rise of podcast there is another is another indicator of that nowadays you are judged how smart you are depending on that's like your social uh, ranking right mm. that's like your social currency do you listen to podcasts like how educated you are are you mm. are you in like these new age technologies like crypto these are kind of the new age uh, ways of figuring out 
uh, your intellectual prowess and all of that so it it is transitioning mm-hmm. coming to that okay. i won't be surprised if this also becomes like you know one of those things people end up you know uh, uh see i remember uh, even in my school days uh, just yeah. to get that certificate people used to donate blood because indians and even chinese guys were you know, obsessed with certificates because you want to stand out yeah 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 cumulatively 2.5 billion people fighting for limited resource so you have to but stand you know, out the same thing you just mentioned aditya like of course the transition it's great to hear that people are transitioning from the traditional um standards or the expectations but have you noticed and maybe you can talk about this is this idea that whether it's say compassion is being uh, compassion is the new currency or whether it's innovation or it's creativity and not just say academics do you feel the reward system is still the same it's still we still respect a crypto uh, influencer who's making so much through sponsors or we still respect uh, say a youtuber who's got revenue not just someone who loves it because they're good at it and they it gives them joy do you think you, you see that happening answer is yes and no okay uh, so uh, no i'm saying because a lot of things here covid no mm. covid has changed a lot of things actually okay is a lot of things people now for example if you see the great resignation people right. are resigning jobs left right and center nobody gives a damn about nobody wants to go you know get up and do something that they really don't enjoy right, right. of course they don't they similarly they don't even look like they don't look up to people who do that any longer so oh, even okay. bank company you should see even you know it's meta is no longer the meta it used to be right yeah Earlier, job in meta it was considered a huge deal or similarly google yeah. right or amazon netflix but these days nobody cares so there is some mm. sort of rewiring happening people okay. i don't think they are giving as much uh, a damn as uh, they used to about these things um, but i'm still like an observant phase i don't know where this is headed i definitely see some sort of a change it's not mm. like before even if you look at bollywood celebs yeah it's not you know and these guys are fantastic someone like ranveer saying uh, right but that uh, that superstar status the kind of uh, fever uh, frantic fever that uh, these guys uh, uh, instilled uh, the sharukhs and the salmans yeah. there so people don't uh, people don't look up to people as much as is, that, is that also as a byproduct of a culture that anyone can become famous through these social media platforms Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the fifteen minutes of same theory. It's true, right? I think yeah. we're really at a stage where anyone can go out there uh, because yeah. that ent- uh, anything that becomes limited and exclusive becomes valuable. Mm. That's the fundamental. Why was why were all these people very uh, looked after? Why were all these fang companies the job lower? Because they were rare, exclusive, and hard to get. Anything that's yeah. hard to get. back in the day even a superstar if you see to get one glimpse of a shahrukhan is very difficult yeah right? unless paper or you that, that's why you go to the screen but it's not the same anymore that sense mm. of rarity that sense of barrier that sense of um, exclusivity is not there you see all your you literally know everything your damn celeb is doing right from yeah. his condition right now or you know where he is uh even if you have to create a movie and put it out there it's you you need a good camera phone you just need a mobile phone these days right it's and almost like life is more interesting than the, uh, i mean because there's so many people telling their life stories whether it's on instagram or tiktok or or the ability to capture what they have around them because you look at even a basic phone you have say 100 million people who can afford a phone 
And that's because life is so diverse in, say, a country like India. If they just document that, that is more uh, precious than an actor trying to show how he portrays someone who's in a certain environment, right? Right, right, right. Uh, see, because everyone wants to tell... Uh, see, I think inherently humans... Uh, I don't know if you read this book called... Uh, I think a lot of people have read it. Uh, Duval Noah Harari's first book, Sapiens. Yeah. About the storytelling and stories, the kind of role that they play, right? So humans mm. inherently are, I think, uh, evolved to be the. I always say this. I have. I, I say that, uh, you know, life is eventually a a, a story, and mm. it's only the best story or the best storyteller that wins, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what uh, we are all just. You we are all individually just walking, sleeping, breathing stories, right? Yeah. So, that's and that's pretty much, we give it different labels and how those stories are told, whether it's a filmmaker, whether it's a director, whether it's a CEO, whether it's a doctor. With, and essentially, even if it's a doctor who's, you know, really qualified to, you know, do something with the brain, they still want to come and be recognized for the story, right? I don't, I, I think it's, it's in some sense that itself is a story. And it's quite amazing how we get blind to the idea that these labels differentiate us, but we can find beyond those labels that there's actually something that connects us all, which is this need to tell and need to be heard. Yeah. So I, I think uh, coming back to the spiritual part of it, in, in, the, yeah. spiritual, in the spiritual realm, there's a saying that uh, <clears throat> life is a dream. So whoever we, whatever God is, we are all just part of God's dream. Right, yeah. and we all just like just stories being dreamt by him. Yeah. That is what that is what uh, one uh, one one explanation uh, uh, for life is. Mm. So yeah, inherently, I think we are all because poof, no. In, in the larger scheme of things, if you see just uh, human life, 60, 70 and also life average life expectancy these days. Yeah, eighty you live max. What is it in the larger scheme of things? That's nothing. It's just poof, one story that's come and gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but having said that, which is very true, I mean, the the less you think of your your existence as something which is so important, and you tell yourself, "I'm important, I'm going to do so much, and give your ego so much fodder to grow and grow and give this false sense of importance." But yeah, I think that's true. You're just gone. It's another story. You had this opportunity, but you were so worried about the end that you didn't really experience enjoying the present. But having said that. Do you think we live in a culture where we're told that you're important with all these various tools, these various platforms, that you are something when sometimes you might not be? Oh, totally. I think in mm. subtle ways it always happens. When you're growing also, every every parent thinks that their child is. In India especially because there are so many gods, eventually you know, everyone's named after one god or the other. So yeah, yeah. Apparently, grow up uh, identifying yourself with pressure. But see, there are two things to it now. See, um, uh, you have to do some things in the world, mm. right? For most people, unless uh, if you don't consider yourself as important, yeah, or if you don't consider what you're doing as important, you won't be able to do stuff in the world. Yeah. Then you go to a monastery or you just live in the Himalayas. That's a totally different thing, unless th if that's the goal of your life. Yeah, in some way, but it has to be moderated. It has to be regulated, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, because uh, not everyone is capable of that. I'm saying it, it's it's not. Uh, I you know what I'm saying maybe may contrary to what a lot of people, especially in the spiritual circle, you know, will say. But I'm saying it for a reason. Most people, the way they are, 
See, yeah. spirituality, we are trained in a completely different way. I'm not even talking about uh, people who are on the path and how they operate in the material world. I'm talking mm. most people who are just know the material world, mm. unless and if they have to operate, if they have to do things, if they have to make things happen. Now, for example, Elon Musk, mm. if he did not genuinely that uh, he's changing the world by you know bringing out these, these fancy electric uh, vehicles, he won't yeah. be able to do those. Absolutely, because that triggers the uh, the conviction, yeah. the dedication, the belief. You need to have the belief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if he didn't think what he is doing important, yeah. or for that matter, uh, people around didn't around him don't think that he is important. Yeah. Those things happen. Um, so, but the thing is, yeah, you have to draw a line. Uh, where do you draw yeah. a line? And spirituality. That's where uh, the training that we are given, especially you know where I come from and the, where I am in right now space where we are trained is how to be completely involved see even if you look at our gods right mm. so our gods traditionally haven't been uh, folks who just kind of you know uh uh who just retire uh, that's another uh, uh, kind of uh, separate different kind of beings but if you look at the most popular ones if you look at shiva if you look at rama if you look at krishna the guys who've done their gone there fought a war yeah. you know yeah uh, been around with women totally involved yeah. right but at the same time not touched by any of it they didn't let any of that hamper it so it's to immerse yourself in yeah i mean because something i've been reading about as well and it's very interesting because as you said even just thinking of when you think of being mindful or when you're in a state of med when you're trying to meditate everyone thinks 10 minutes or half an hour or 50 minutes i keep increasing that level of focusing and sitting on my mat and thinking of bliss and no thoughts but realistically speaking we apply the ego even to that like when actually you can't you don't have to go to the himalayas if there's no point going to a retreat and at the same time saying you know i'm more qualified on the path of spirituality it's about as you said immersing yourself in this human experience without being uh influenced by its um not influence maybe the wrong word but being controlled by um its outcome right yeah so see uh, uh and that's something that I'm really working uh, towards also. So traditionally, if you see in the problem that has been with India, yeah, is I grew up in the 90s. And I remember in the 90s when I grew up, there was this phase that was... Uh, so I give set some context. My next book is called How I Met God and God into Crypto. Oh, but very interesting. Okay. okay. That's what it's called. It's a true story. So How I Met God and God into Crypto. Now, this is very ironic because I... Like a guy like me to meet God... Or even, you know, so because I grew up in an India where very condescendingly we were, our history was referred to as a Hindu rate of growth. I don't know if you know, remember this, Sandeep. We growing up, condescendingly our uh, pre-1991 rate of growth used to be called as Hindu rate of growth. Around 2 to 3%, 1 to 3%, whatever. Okay. Uh, this is because Hindus traditionally, you know, uh, known to be more spiritual, less materially inclined and not interested uh -huh. in economic uh, growth and all of that. Uh, so I didn't know uh, this. Okay. Yeah. So generally in India, what ha I mean, I have seen is either if you're spiritual, then you're completely you just go. You want to go to Himalayas and sit. Huh. Exactly. Or, you're in you're in Haridwar all the time, or on, you're on some yatra. You know, going to Kashi or Kedar right. or yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. That's what I have seen. Even the youth these days, see, you can't take spirituality out of India. Even the kids that you there, I know kids like. You know, who are in their 20s, hardcore, they just want to go to these places and be there. Yeah. Then there's 
another section of folks where they're completely oblivious to that possibility of like what spiritual completely immersed in material yeah. right so both folks i think they miss out on the other possibility so what mm. i would uh, traditionally want to work to uh, what i'm working towards is to build like a 360 degree human right in a way yeah. that you can be very very intensely spiritual at the same time operate in the in 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 the world yeah uh but people even knowing that you're you're such a spiritual person right That's you know that's what sometimes that. you get one you wonder right when you think of whether you read uh, the the writings of you know paramahansa yoganand or you you read about whoever the, the the great yogis were and the great yogis are you 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 think oh maybe i can be that but that's the idea of spirituality is to enjoy what you have now in the moment right not to be at some point to aspire to a to a realization because you end up wasting this experience that you're given trying to be something that you might never be which is totally against what um, a spiritual realization is right yeah see yogananda paramhansa he came at a different time yeah uh, yeah he had a different role to play it was a completely different era yogananda exactly paramhansa, yeah that was his role and that was his time and that was his experience yeah yeah if he came today maybe he, he won't be walking in that maybe he'll be wearing a white t- uh, shirt yeah and denim jeans and Day, maybe he'll right? be wearing a being uh, human t-shirt <laughs> i hope not <laughs> uh, i don't know if that would be his aesthetics being human but i know i know knowing him probably not but who knows as you said well pointed like he could be in any other uh, role in this 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 time and space yeah yeah talking among us talking in a language that is so people have a stuck up image of uh, you know spirituality for them it's always yeah. about what they see in that bia chopra mahabharat ramayana in tv show Yeah. Or the character that is there in in the houses, no? Yeah. I think yeah. The idea of spirituality is that. So, for example, even when see someone like Krishna came, uh, who would have thought, you know, he is he is the god yeah. himself. So he, you know, he was equally involved with the women in his life. He was equally involved with, you know, as a master, he was uh, he was he was uh, he was a guru to uh, Arjuna. um uh, and then of course he was a master strategist uh, yeah. his his argument was actually that is why the kauravas you know because he gave a choice to both uh, uh, duryodhana and arjuna he said look there are two things one of you all can have me one of you all can have my army his army was like this krishna right so yeah. he he really does the best so his army yeah. was the best of its time yeah so, yeah So uh, this Duryodhana said, "Okay, I will take your army." It was a no-brainer for him. And Arjuna yeah. said, "You can have his army because I just want him." Yeah. So uh, nobody could figure out. I mean, who would have thought that he is God, right? Uh, he could be mm. God, but he was involved. He was a fantastic flute player. He was he did everything that humans did completely. But of course, yeah. uh, he was who he was. So see, that's where my idea is to get people there, uh, so that you yeah. know you are absolutely spiritual, like God Himself. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, equally involved in the material world and do things, make things happen in the world. Yeah, because if you sit on a cushion or under a tree and meditate the whole time, you need to eat. You need to think, and that's exactly where I I want to take this conversation. Is we we um sometimes think you know, and this is a very easy that um way of thinking is to be opposite of what the existing. uh establishment is so when it says your reward system of money and this and everyone's like no i i shun money i shun work i shun i think and i think that's where you're coming or you're going uh heading in this space is not not have a reactionary movement saying because you have to work you have to appreciate what money can do um 
while at the same time not be obsessed with making more and more money and just sort of hoarding it, right? Is is that something which drives your philosophy in the way you're working? See, I'll actually tell you what the problem is in in Hinduism. Fundamentally, uh, <clears throat> they say the three gods, right? Three aspects: the Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh. Right. Brahma is creation, Vishnu is maintenance, and Shiva is destruction. Right. If you look at in any aspect of our life, these three aspects are dominant. Now, for example, let's say you are a you want to do you want to uh, lose weight. Let's say yeah. someone you want to lose weight. No, you enroll for a gym membership. That creation part, creation part is easy for most people. It comes. Yeah. They will because starting a gym, going in a gym membership is easy. On first of January, they will go religiously and you know yeah. whatever they will enroll. Yeah. Then what they do is the destruction also comes easily because uh, the Shiva aspect of it because they stop going within maybe two or three days they'll stop doing and going maintenance yeah. is difficult. Yeah. Actually, doing that one damn thing consistently, unfailingly, unwaveringly, and those are the guys who eventually succeed in the gym. Also, it's not the guys who enroll for membership. Neither are the guys who uh, move on. The guys who diligently go every damn day without fail. Yeah. Uh, ones who end up uh, getting the the desired results. Then, if you look at, uh, uh, then there are other in the different aspects. You know, maintenance comes easily. Destruction comes difficult. For yeah. example, if you want to get rid of, you're born with a certain tendency or a habit. Yeah. Right. Uh, you, it's very difficult if you're someone who gets up late. Yeah. Keep very easy to create and maintain, but hard to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. With anything, with whether it's cigarettes or alcohol, all that's a similar exactly. problem there. Yeah. So most humans are lopsided. They have yeah. either any one of these aspects that is, see, creation is relatively is a different ball game. It's 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 there. So mostly it's about the maintenance and the Destruction. Yeah. So lopsided. Either they want to, they are very good at only maintaining and not destruction, or they are very good at just destruction and not maintaining. So mm. people who shun generally they are more in the destruction front. They just want to shun everything. Yeah. Right. So they think it's it's a very, very interesting. Good. Yeah. No, because it's it, almost like you have to have a combination of knowing where to have the destruction. So if it's something which is not good. Uh, for you or the people around you, you need to know when to apply the destruction part, when to apply the maintenance part, when to uh, and creation. Some of us have more of the tendency to create than others. It's, it's very uh, an interesting way of looking at what we do. Yeah, so the balance is not there for most people. So it's always lopsided toward one one aspect. Yeah. Uh, so you will find people who are either just very very spiritual, extremely spiritual, shunning everything. Yeah. Or Uh, people who are extremely material uh, and uh, you know they don't care about those facts so that is something that i uh, that i want to change in the country so this book of yours and um, it's it's what what you spoke about um, you, you basically it's from your life after the the first book to this entire spiraling out of control to finding um, a spiritual practice that you can apply uh, which which helps you exist in this world without being detached and having a sense of balance um what 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 is it the point of it like what what do you what do you want to do with it uh of course you mentioned that you want to help people develop a 360 way of uh, way of looking at themselves and existing but i mean this obsession with engineering to this it's quite a big jump so what what drove you to do that see uh, uh very simply put it, it's about finding a purpose in life right yeah. what happened journey and this is a journey for most people 
when you come you are obviously because you didn't you probably didn't ask for it you just came nobody took your permission when you were born yeah um, your parent came together and you happened nobody took your permission now you are here yeah. now what do you do? damn what do you do like you have two hands legs this life is there what are you supposed to do so obviously your inherent this is people who come before you they know so you listen yeah. to them That's yeah tendency so people who come before you your parents your whatever and the elders you listen to them because you know then you realize oh my god like once you do what they they use realize man these guys also don't know anything they have also been just you know fluffing and somehow yeah. they have you know, um, uh, so then you set on your once you reach to that point see for different people it comes very at different stages some people they do engineering mba get married job get kids grandkids at that point eventually they come to know oh my god life was a lie hmm or some people it happens early on they have the sense and intelligence very early on in in engineering for me it happened in engineering right you know they have figured out ki boss nobody knows any damn thing in this world everybody is just fluffing okay yeah yeah so i set out on my own journey to figure out life Mm. So which is quite impressive at that age i mean at 1920 as you said it doesn't occur to everyone i mean um i kind of was on the same path of just material recognition gathering more attaching more to myself thinking that the more i have the more i'll be respected and that sort of leads to a sickness in the mind which then encourages more habits like you know partying drinking smoking then lying and then fortunately for me the pandemic 2020 when it think was a time to actually take a step back and look at myself and it it was not easy at the age of what at the age of 37 38 so it must have been tremendously liberating at the same time quite impressive and difficult to sense that everything's a lie and you're being fed all this bullshit by uh people who don't know um, anything more than you maybe they have a few years uh behind them but besides that so it must be quite so, so what I, i don't know if that's the right question to say what did you feel but what was that aha moment yes uh, see that search was always there so the exploration began i think hmm. books had a huge role in in kind of you know helping me explore life i remember two books that particularly that uh, had a huge impact on on the teenage me is uh, one is richard branson's autobiography called uh, <clears throat> you know losing my virginity right and the second mahatma gandhi's uh, autobiography uh, very unlikely of a guy like me who <laughs> picked that up and loved it so much right uh, so books really really uh, set me on a journey and of course i was so inspired by them i, I had my own startup um, <clears throat> when i was in college which did yeah. quite well. but then i didn't want to sell t- i used to sell t-shirts and okay. i had got yeah sold t-shirts one couple of awards i was on national tv and front page newspaper and all those things happened but yeah. then i asked a fundamental question i didn't sit for i didn't opt for these placements and all those things uh-huh. he said do i want to if i don't sell t-shirts is it if the world has one less one company not selling t-shirt is it going to make any damn difference in the world right i said no neither is it going to make any difference in my life if i don't sell t-shirt neither in anybody's life why should i invest my life on this then i did something even more ridiculous i went to sell chai i was in bangalore i was selling chai okay. um the hunt kept going on eventually of course then you know book happened tedx talk happened yeah. uh i did something unimaginable because i was so desperate for answers i had done see by then i had done a lot in the sense a startup ho gaya chai bech raha tha book likh liya quite mm. a few things. i mean by the time i was 25 
so i was and i i used to, i love movies i love watching movies documentaries so i had even done those things like you know maybe the answers are there yeah then uh, i said uh, yoga and spirituality and all were not something for me i mean i was living a totally different life but my desperation was so much to know that i said it could be they thing try we'll try yeah so I, yeah yeah i think I'm, i'm i'm willing to try so i did a couple of things i uh, i did this 10 day meditation retreat called vipassana hmm uh, uh and uh, some things i should just do on my own and uh, many things some body experiments i, I used to I just eat raw food for some time there's something called a semen retention there is no fat i don't know if you heard of this where you refrain from any form of sexual activity you know uh, masturbation pornography etc or sex right. so any every every damn thing yeah and then i think what really changed when uh, i learned this thing called inner engineering uh sadguru hmm. uh, that's that's isha foundation and sadguru yeah. action offering right. called inner engineering it's like a 21 minute kriya and i okay. simply kept at it no matter which part of the world i am i just simply kept at it those 21 minutes i gave myself that right. opened up a new world to me hmm. then is when i was exposed see because spiritual is all experiential yeah spiritual is all it's a completely experiential education now for example see uh, i don't know if you seen this movie called arrival have you seen a movie called uh, or heard of this movie called arrival sandeep uh no i haven't i actually um, oh, really... there's an audio book there's an audio book also of the uh, in fact it's a book i think that's uh, adapted into mo- okay interesting yeah. okay um, yeah I'll, i'll check it out because i haven't heard of this so arrival it basically talks about uh, human language you know it it has it, human language inherently has limitations it cannot yeah. explain So, for example, if you have to explain an orgasm, let's say uh, you and your viewers, and nobody has has experienced orgasm, and let's say for yeah. some chance you happen to be the first person to experience an orgasm, yeah, your viewers are curious. First come, first serve. Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I have to do that stupid joke. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, you, yeah, you were saying. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So it becomes difficult. How are you going to explain orgasm? it's through the words we are taught yeah through language yeah yeah language is, human language inherently has limitations it's not yeah. possible for example if you are somebody asks you oh, how does a uh, uh, pastry taste it is nice can you be more yeah. clear it's sweet oh, yeah. what if the guy asks tell me what is sweet how can you tell him what is sweet you can't right yeah you and, and in fact to make simpler concepts understood you end up using more complex words and that's when uh you think you're doing a better job but you're actually adding fancier and fancier grammar or vocabulary thinking oh i'm doing a great job and then we reward those people saying come on master chef but actually you're right the simpler the concept the harder it is yeah so that is what uh, so spirituality is basically about is you can learn spiritual spirituality only by experiencing yeah yeah experiential learning there is there those things you have to experience for yourself and it's an individual see mm. even if let's say in my experience if i say sandeep you know this world is a matrix this is not based reality yeah okay it is all get out of this see it's not going to make any damn difference for you although you believe me although you trust me and you yeah. know that i'm saying but in your yeah. damn life it makes no difference because at the same time what you did to reach this level of awareness and understanding also might not be the same process for me i it doesn't mean i do the same five things that aditya did right it doesn't mean i have to read these exact books of course all these resources will help point you in the right direction but it doesn't mean that there's one path to 
awareness or awakening or spirituality it could be anything for anyone yeah i mean that and that's true for anything you know in life now even if yeah. you want to do any course yeah. if you want to do a course in digital marketing there are just so many courses out there you have to figure out which one do you want to do which yeah. one works best with teacher and and same things you you see you know which one has maximum uh, there are it's it's the same in some way similar not exactly though but some way similar yeah no i think what's really important you mentioned is that it's not in spirituality and maybe in other things as well it's not about how many books or how many courses or how many programs you attend how many workshops but it's about even if it's you mentioned digital marketing or spirituality it's if you don't experience it there's no point just hoarding all that knowledge yeah yeah so that's what's happening you know? most yeah. people see that's why people uh, i even the book that i'm writing Yeah. I am just gossiping uh, because see if I tell you also a lot of things, yeah, make any difference in your life, yeah. Unless you go and experience it yourself, maybe yeah. fine. I can tell you some things that I have experienced to the point that it gets you curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's it's a nice it's a nice uh, thing to sort of it's almost like a little a cue card saying this is what worked for me. So it at least heightens your interest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so when i am writing the book uh, it's it's not it's not a spiritual book uh, because i don't uh, unless it's with some people i don't talk about much about spirituality and you know um, yeah uh, and all the thing so it is uh, it's a personal journey it's a, so what i can do of course i can create a uh, curiosity within you i can sow yeah. a seed i will sow a seed so that's what it is so it's a it's a personal journey it's not mm-hmm. it's not a one size fits all and it's a completely mad uh, journey mm-hmm. so it's a mad 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 journey and uh, yeah to each his own and but i think what's really important is i think a curiosity to know as long as you can hang yeah. on to the curiosity mm-hmm. now one more thing you were talking about is that how we have the difficulty in communicating through language and uh, can you just talk a little bit about, more about that i think i cut you off at that point yeah so a language inherently human language has limitations so there are some things you cannot explain you know how yeah. do you explain what sweetness is you cannot yeah so you have to just there are many life can essentially be figured out only by experience mm-hmm. it cannot be figured out by learning by reading by watching right mm-hmm. you take bhagavad gita also uh i think you cannot things uh if if you can figure out life just by reading something uh, it's you know everyone would be enlightened by now right yeah but everyone would be a buddha by now so that's and it's beautifully designed life has been beautifully designed uh, whoever i don't know whoever the creator is whatever it is very intelligent very very intelligent yeah it's been made way that everybody um everybody everybody kind of you know it's very personal it's very intimate to that person Mm. and it allows everyone to explore it uh, explore uh, on their own um so it's a fantastic game life i see best way to treat life as a game and every you play a game always nobody plays a game to lose everyone plays a game to win you just have to see i remember when i was uh, i used to i love secret these uh, cheat codes any yeah. game i was playing and then very quickly i would just search for the cheat codes right, right? you cheat codes uh, to crack uh, to win the game of life as well for me yoga was one of those cheat codes i'm like uh, when when i learned that i was like okay this this works 
This is a hack. It's nicely put because I think a lot of people can relate to the cheat code concept. So I think that's nice that, see, that's one of those things you've got, you've got that curiosity, I think, by saying it's a cheat code. It's a relatable language. Yeah, it's nice. So that's what I figured out. See, most of my life, I just figured out, look, what I'm doing is, in many ways, I'll give you this example, Sandeep. I used to uh, wonder uh, when the Bombay Metro had newly launched and uh, they used to have these automated ticket counters. And now Bombay, yeah. if you know, because of the Bombay Railways, you stand in the long queue. It was for the longest a manual process, yeah. no? You go stand in the queue and you physically get a ticket. So this concept was new. Metro concept was new. And I used to get my metro ticket literally in a few seconds. Yeah. Now you ask me how, why? No rocket science. There is this auto tally machine that nobody is using. It's there. Everyone is just going to the, the manned counter, they, right? They are, prefer going to the manual counter. Yeah. So, I, so all these things that are these secrets and hacks and the cheat yeah. code all there. Uh, for you, it may be a big thing. Because you are used to, you know, standing in the line. But for me, it's as simple. It's there. It's lying right there and I'm taking it. Yeah. And you, okay, Adi, you kind of somehow you manage to always, you know, uh, get your way through life. Are you, it's there. I mean, how, what do you mean? I'm just keeping my eyes open. Yeah. Physically and in more so ways. There and I don't have any apprehension in going and using that uh, ticketing counter. So that's yeah. how it is. Um, that's what I felt. See, look, in India, how engineering times yeah. Tell me why did nobody think of writing a book on it? Can you tell me why? I just I found it ridiculous. Why could how was I the only person at that point? Yeah. I don't know if there are any more books in the market like that. But how can nobody have thought? Because after the book came out, many people said, "Man, yeah, this is such a you know the engineering yeah. there. Why didn't we think of you know uh, of doing this?" I'm like, I don't. There's know. actually no good reason at all. It's easy to sort of speculate in hindsight. But at that point, yeah, it just wasn't done. And it should have been done. And you did it. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. Now, I want to understand, since you mentioned the new books called How I Met God and How I Got Into Crypto, can can, can we go a little into that uh, before we wind up today? Just I want to understand, because I, I you can treat me as someone who knows nothing about crypto. Uh, uh, maybe also how it works in the sense, not, not actual the workings of crypto, but how it is going to work as a currency, as a mechanism to maybe not undermine or replace, but just to sort of complement the existing financial structure. And also what it involves, because you are, I think I'm, I'm a few years older than you, so maybe I'm a little disconnected from the reality, but how what Mark Zuckerberg's vision for Meta, this virtual reality universe, and you put that with this currency that doesn't have a governing body into play, um, what is your learning um, in, in this space and what do you sort of project uh, going forward? See, crypto, basically a lot of people, why my interest came in crypto is not because of the technological revolution of it. Crypto, I figured out that it's actually primarily a cultural revolution that is backed by technology. How, what is this cultural revolution? Cultural revolution is decentralization. That's the backbone of crypto. So the entire movement of crypto is basically... Um, a movement against your traditional feudal uh, corporations, right? So, so it's a movement against the banks, the financial traditional financial system, the stock exchanges, the the Facebooks, the Metas, uh, sorry, Googles, and all of that. Right. So it's saying that you know, look, you guys control data, you guys do this, you guys take like transaction fees, have to transfer money, you guys hold my wealth, etc. 
we we don't want anyone in the center and you guys whatever you guys make money out of our content but you don't give us anything we don't want you guys in the between we are going to directly transact between yeah. each other yeah and that's when that's the base of crypto so today anyone no for example who would have thought would you have thought uh, sandeep when you were growing up that you could launch your own currency no oh, right Yeah. Like a unimaginable ties. Like we grew up like dealing with rupees. Hello, a foreign currency. Liya, that was itself a big deal. You know. We yeah, yeah. I mean, I I remember I used to remember the fax machines which were around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used yeah, to yeah. photo that it had a photocopy option. So I used to uh, my uncle used to travel. So I used to photocopy that. And even that photocopying in the fax paper was so expensive. My mom's like, you know, you realize that 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 paper you're printing this copy of the Swiss franc is more than the Swiss franc. I, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just crazy, yeah. But just sorry, yeah. That's just a little anecdote from the past, yeah. yeah. So that's that's basically how we grew up, right? So yeah. launching a currency, you know, decentralization is essentially about giving the power back to people. Like you should be able to do anything that you want without having people in between. So right. So that's like the metaverse, everything that you put. So in that context, uh, uh, the metaverse. I mean, how can anyone own the metaverse, right? Yeah. The Facebook. How can Facebook own Meta? Because the entire concept of Meta was itself is that you know no it doesn't have an owner. Yeah, yeah. So, so then that's that's why these traditional crypto people they don't look up to the Mark Zuckerberg's of the world and yeah. all those, right? Uh, they because it's a movement against them, so they don't take the Meta of of Zuckerberg very seriously. For them, they are going to be creating their own Meta where anyone yeah. can do anything. And, so kind uh, of like an open platform for anyone to add elements, right? Yeah, that's what it is. So uh, that is where it is. But having said that, yeah, see, these people are uh, these people are there for a reason. So uh, you can't write off someone like Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, mm. that guy knows stuff. That guy is really good at what he does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's no, he's is. no fool for sure. Yeah, Zuckerberg is no fool. That guy is like brilliant. Right. So yeah, and te- technologically, he knows his stuff. He's not just some marketing executive who's spinning a lie, you know. Uh, that guy just—he knows stuff. His level of involvement in what he does is phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where this all goes. Uh, mm. So I want to ask you what on that point. You yeah. said it's a countercultural movement that is backed by technology, right? Which is true and makes a lot of <clears throat> sense when you don't want the same. Uh, repetitive nature of things, where it's always whether earlier it was taxes going to the landlord, or whether it's the this thing going to the the what do you call that the commissions going to these big platforms. Do you think because we have this system, that's why the anti the if you want to call it the counter is getting any momentum at all? Like because we have the likes of traditional stocks, the traditional uh, government held bonds, is that why these uh, crypto Currencies are working, and once these systems break down, then crypto won't have as much value. Um, yeah, that's that's basically what the movement is about. Mm. That's basically what the movement is about. And honestly, if you ask me a couple of weeks ago, I said, yeah, that's where it said it. Right? Mm. These currencies are going to be more because I myself I have seen transactions happening in these currencies. Um, uh, right? You mean like a Dogecoin or a? Ethereum uh, and all this. Okay. I have myself transacted in Ethereum, and uh-huh. uh, so this thing is real. Then, then when I started transaction, I'm like, this thing is real. It's like an. I mean, it has real value. 
I, I mean, of course, it has real value. But what I mean is, it can actually work like, uh, because I mean, the value of a, of an Ethereum say is, is really high. So, what do you, uh, what do you? I mean, just as an example for people who don't know, I don't know myself. How do you use it as a currency to exchange something or to buy something? There are there are different uh, technological platforms where you can actually swap one digital currency for another. Where you can transact. So for example, I purchase an NFT. Uh, I okay. purchase an NFT from ENS. Um, so I there there I used to purchase an NFT. I used my Ethereum currency. I did not use my you know my dollar or my euro or my rupee. So uh, so this thing is real. There are transactions happening in all of that. But uh, uh, it's a promised land wherein you know everyone that you know that governments. Uh, don't exist and currencies, fiat currencies don't hold that value. I don't yeah. know. We'll have to wait, watch uh, if really uh, crypto manages to do that, because I've seen a lot of stuff happening in the last couple of weeks, and <clears throat> I'm kind of you know uh, uh, looking, observing it. Um, because it's a very interesting picture you paint for someone who's right now in school, say in the 11th or the 12th, and they they have all these things that they just heard from you, which is, of course, fantastic that you've lived this life and you're here to tell them what it is and not to tell them how to do it. But this is what you've experienced, this idea of this realization in, at the, in your teenage years about the education that you're being fed, then this idea of spidling, uh, this, the, the, all these thoughts and these realizations and finding this this path seeking this path to spirituality to this place you're in right now where you're looking at alternate currencies and this world so what can uh it's a bit overwhelming you know I, I i'm not in that phase in my life but i'm still finding it like whoa there's so much more to learn so what would be your message to someone who's in their sort of young 20s late teens um i don't know if they're sitting here listening to me they may be on tiktok but if they are listening what would you kind of what kind of picture would you paint for them like a, a, a little uh, maybe just a, a, a sketch. The thing is, see, you, who, if, whoever you are, you came here without, with or without your permission. Okay. Now that you are here, and there are only two ways to be here. Okay. Either you make the bloody best out of what what is there, or either you just let it go. Whatever. Yeah. Then, anyway, you did not, you were not asked, so you will also go without being asked. Whenever that, you can just simply be like that. That is one way. Or you make the you don't know whether this opportunity is going to come again, whether it's yeah. there, what's there on the other side. Once you've gone, what happens? Who the hell knows? You know, it's yeah. such a big question. Just that you are there and you have been given uh you have been given a sort and it's very distinct. What you have is very unique from what others have. Yeah. Make the most of that. What is it that you have? Why have you been given what you have? All right, and where what should you be doing? See, cosmic algorithm works very, very precisely. Yeah. All right. So, if you have been born to a certain family, if you have been given a certain name, everything, every damn thing. See, if you look at the creation, though, there is nothing that is haphazard. No. Yeah. See, even that insect has been made with as much precision. The wings and the organs that an insect has, whoever the creator is, has put as much involvement in making a small insect as much he is made in uh, in making a complex system like a human right? yeah yeah nothing is sort of yeah i mean while one might be more complex even the most fundamental things have a method to it have a design to it it's not just like leftover like what what we in human beings famously do right when we have extra paint we just splash it on the wall kind of, it's not, not none of that is there yeah 
it's like you know there is this kung fu panda no one of my favorite movies right. there's a line saying, uh, i think master ugwe says so i think uh, shifu goes and tells him master shifu goes and tells him but it was an accident this guy wasn't even supposed to be here you know pu he was not supposed to come here it was an accident how he ended up and then master ugwe says there are no, no accidents in life uh. there are no accidents in life so what you think is an accident is not an accident so that's what most people i think they simply just come and go right uh, yeah. they never bother asking these fundamental questions like what the hell am i supposed to do you know i have been giving what what am i supposed to do and uh, so yeah i think make the most of see this is it's, it's not even like a, i don't even know if i should call it a message it common sense you know make the most of what's there yeah right now no so, so the thing have, the reason i asked you is not as a message or a bit of advice but it's the it's so easy to be uh caught up in this whole thing of inadequacy and someone else's story and someone else's message or someone else's uh, agenda and more and more so now with easier information being spread platforms taking over your thoughts minds pay someone saying that you know become a youtuber someone else saying become a crypto expert there's just so much more being loaded onto the mind so just something that can give some sense of, so yeah it makes a lot of sense make the most of what you have but how can someone at the age of 16 even know what they have when they're being told that you don't have enough not even 16 actually even no matter what age you are you can always it's never late to ask these questions yeah in uh, yeah i mean see because there are different different uh, <clears throat> uh, problems are of different nature at different stages but it's not that the problems don't exist yeah right? so the problem essentially exists because you haven't uh, asked fundamental questions mm. uh so i think anywhere uh, you can always uh, and this can be as simple as always see it's your story you're the hero of your story just sit back and just look at your own life story right from the moment you're born who were your parents who were your ancestors what just not not for, not with the intention of you know finding out something just look at your story at some point that eureka moment will happen just look at your story you were born before that what were your parents doing what were your grandparents doing just talk to your parents just figure out what you know how was nana how was nani what did they yeah. do uh, look at your own self what are the things that come naturally to you there must be something that come naturally to you what are those things some things you can acquire also right if it needed for example a lot of people may not know this um my speaking ability and my talking is is a mix of both it is uh, naturally but to unlock it kind of took some effort i was born introverted yeah i barely yeah. spoke i didn't have any human interaction my father i i love pizzas hmm. uh, so my father figured out if i have to make this my father is a smart uh, you know street smart bombay bread uh, guy yeah so he yeah. so he used to send me to a pizza hut in yeah. saudi arabia just drop me outside and give me some cash and he said go figure out yourself so then right. i started interacting with the guy at the counter so that unlocked the you know something yeah. so something you actually has something you may have to acquire and right? work on yeah 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 and work on but then look at these things and what comes naturally to you that is uh, what are the things that come naturally to you and it's always good to read it's always good to read generally what's happening in the world uh, just to be kept informed of what's happening in the world um you know as greatest of guys that you think you know who have actually figured out what they want to do in life because these guys i mean warren buffet reads like what 8 hours a day 8 hours 10 hours a day mm. uh, elon musk reads a lot yeah right 
gates all these guys i mean tremendously just uh, get exposed to the world so just look at your life as like one story and you're the hero of the story what is your story yeah right what is your story that's what the world wants to know but if the world has to know you have to know yourself first yeah others you can't tell your story yeah Yeah. No, Aditi, I think that's fantastic, and I think um, I, you know, really can connect with a lot of the things, uh, and I think it's beautiful. Like, you don't have to be at a certain age, or you don't have to be contemporaries. You can be in the same world at the same time, and I think that's all you need to connect. And um, really well said, and uh, thank you for taking the time to be here today and sharing your uh, journey and your goals and your passion for life. And thank you. Thank you so much, Sandeep. I must say that you managed to get me uh, to talk a lot. I thought some of these things I'll keep for my book, but you managed to get it off me. I must. Get hey, it no, no, me. I don't want anyone to think that this is a replacement for the book. Uh, I, I, I definitely, if you're listening now, the is the book out? Aditya, the new one. I think you know, in two months' time, it should be out. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Uh, so we're looking at a July-August launch. Okay. August and uh, September. Guys, go get the book. It's called Aditya. How I met God and got into crypto. How I met God and got into crypto. I didn't know the name, but I wanted you to say it. That's how we come. Use it as a snippet and me, get in touch with you after this. Uh, I'll be happy to ship a copy to you whenever it's ready. I think it should be available. I wanted, of course, symbolically, I want to ship a copy to you. But otherwise, yes, also, I think we will work towards uh, 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 definitely an audio an audio book is in the pipeline. Uh, oh, that's so, lovely. You know, I'm so glad because the thing is that something not because of any big accessibility issue for that will be, of course, something which is important. But it's just really considerate uh, of people thinking about it because uh, I think more importantly, not even considerate. I think th- th- there's a different way the story is told when in an audio format, and I think that's something even a visually uh, sighted person can experience and enjoy. And I think uh, that's something which I want people to understand. It's audio is not a replacement for reading. It sometimes, in my case, is a necessity, but for a lot of people, can be an enhancement of the experience. So I think that's really great that you're trying that. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Now, and your earlier book, if people are, haven't read it yet, is called The Great Indian Obsession. <coughs> uh, that, of course, is uh, already out and it's been out for a few years. Um, Aditya, thanks so much, man. All the best for the new book and all the best for your plans. And um, I'm I'm really thankful and I'm lucky that we have people like you who ask the right questions and act on it. <laughs> thanks, Andy. Thank you so much. Loads of loads of love to Shasha. Thank you, my friend. Uh, uh, hopefully, I'll get to meet her someday. Absolutely, we should meet, and uh, I'm sure once we meet, she'll uh, be a part of it as well. And when she's a little older. <laughs> thanks, brother. Thanks, Andy. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.